Coming up on today's Locked On Big Ten, the first day of the Big Ten is done, plus a little more. We held off here to get you the reaction from the first big game of the Big Ten. Indiana defeats Michigan. We'll talk about it with Locked On Hoosiers Jacob Rood here in just a minute on Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, welcome to Locked On Big Ten, and thanks for making the show your first listen every weekday. Coming up on today's show, Jacob Root is in to break down a game that just happened a little bit ago between Michigan and Indiana. The Hoosiers knocking off Michigan, keeping their season alive just by a hair, and still having hopes, of course, for the NCAA tournament. Let's get into everything, though, of course, from yesterday in the Big Ten tournament, and let's talk a little bit about what we just saw before we get into it with Jacob. First off, yesterday's score, Northwestern just barely beat Nebraska. A huge fight from the Cornhuskers who put together a really nice surge at the end of the season, but their season does come to an end in the first round. Nebraska losing 71-69 to the final score. Cornhuskers were up 14 at halftime, and then the Wildcats scored 46 in the second half to take the win. Also, Penn State beat Minnesota 60-51 to the final score. Again, Minnesota just a team that had Almost nobody coming back from last year. Zero expectation. But, you know, of course, hoping to get a Big Ten tournament win at the very least. But could not get that, and the Gophers' season comes to an end as well. As we talked about yesterday, those games not all that consequential. Of course, we'll see if Penn State and Northwestern can make some consequence out of it by spoiling here later today. But first, let's talk about this Michigan-Indiana game and what it means for the bubble. Two bubble teams facing off here at the start of the Big Ten tournament. Indiana currently on the outside going into this game in many projections. Michigan inside. And the question would be, if Indiana were to win, and Michigan, of course, take that loss, could the Big Ten squeeze nine teams into the NCAA tournament then? Would there be enough wiggle room for the Wolverines, for the Hoosiers, to be able to get enough of a powerful win to get their bid in without the Wolverines taking that loss? Now, Michigan as of after this game is finishing up. We talked to Jacob Root a little bit after. He'll talk about this actually, too, in our conversation you'll hear in a minute. But Joe Lenardi posted new brackets out after that first round of games. Indiana slips in as what's now the last team in. Michigan goes down to the last of the buys in the NCAA tournament. So as far as the first four games that get played in Dayton, Michigan, as of right now, the last team that wouldn't have to play in any of those games. So they've got four teams clear between them and missing the tournament, at least as far as Lenardi sees it. If that holds true, here's what I think at least. And we're going to talk with Jacob about this pretty much entirely on the IU side. I think IU, with this win, can make a good argument to be in, given how close they were before. Now, if they had said lost to their Rutgers game and lost to Purdue badly and say were like three, four spots out of the field as they are in some projections, but the point is they didn't fall far enough down with those losses for me to think that this win isn't going to matter. Indiana, as we'll talk about with Jacob, was playing for its tournament life. The way that it wins this game against another bubble team, I think, matters. I think Indiana has a good shot to get in. On the Michigan side, we'll talk more Indiana with Jacob. On the Michigan side, the Wolverines fall to, again, not even in the first four games yet. So if I'm a Michigan fan, I'm thinking, okay, as long as nothing crazy happens across the mid-majors, 
we should be all right. And, and to be quite honest, Michigan, I've been saying should be all right with the wins against Ohio State, Michigan State. They, they down the stretch did more than enough, I think, to be able to say, okay, we should be good on Selection Sunday. Anything can happen. And they did, of course, leave the door open a little bit by losing to Indiana. But I think that right now Michigan's safe. If Indiana puts together a decent showing here against Illinois, I think I'd be pretty confident going into Sunday with them, but it's still really close. But we'll end up seeing what happens. We're going to talk to Jacob Rood more about that in just a minute right here on Locked on Big Ten. We'll get to that right here as we continue our show again on a Thursday. It's middle of the Big Ten tournament. We are going through games, but after the first and probably most important game of today, we had to talk to Jacob right after, and we'll get that to you here in just a second. Listen, March Madness is great, and of course everyone loves filling out their brackets, but it's maybe been a while since the last time you actually won a whole lot of money or even close to winning a whole lot of money when you enter into some of those pools. So what are some other ways that you can try to make sure that you can have some fun while also staying profitable? during NCAA tournament season. You can do it with Stat Hero's new NCAA Pick'em Contests. The new NCAA Single Game Pick'ems pits the star players against each other in amazing hybrids between fantasy and sports betting. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage and start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on any big spreads or long odds or fancy props or anything like that. Again, it's a combination of fantasy and sports betting out there that allows you to be able to have some fun while also doing it while betting on the biggest players in the tournament. You can do it right now at stathero.com slash locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on and use our promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every weekday. Make sure also to check out our Locked On Bracket Breakdown coming March 14th, the Monday after Selection Sunday, right here on the Locked On Big Ten podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup. It's again the Locked On Bracket Breakdown. March 14th, you'll be able to find it right here on the Locked On Big Ten feed that one yeah for sure cool. all right you good to go yep all right cool back in here on locked on big 10 alongside jacob rood of locked on hoosers we're actually chatting just a little bit after indiana knocked off michigan state in the second round of this big 10 tournament jacob it's been a roller coaster of a season for iu it was a roller coaster of a game here in this one against michigan i mean we'll start with the most important part the comeback iu went on a huge huge run after seemingly being dead and buried in what was not only this game but looked like the season Uh, the hoosiers looked like a team that was desperate and they played in a way that got them back in and to a point where it wasn't really all that close at the end michigan fought back but still IU incredibly impressive. I can't I can't speak enough on it, but I'll let you go ahead and speak a little bit to it. Your just initial reactions after what was again a huge, huge win for the Hoosiers. I mean, to be honest, my initial reaction was just being speechless, which isn't great as a podcast host. Um, it was unbelievable. Um, IU's been on the wrong end of so many close games and 
Um, the fact that this even got to that point was honestly like unfathomable. They, they were down 60 to 43, I think, right around the 12 minute mark. Everybody's kind of writing their referendums on the season and their frustrations with IU kind of no showing when their tournament hopes were on the line. And then they closed the game on a 31 to nine run. Yeah. Over the last 12 minutes and 52 seconds. And to say anybody saw this coming would be a lie over those last 13 minutes. Um, they finally, to, as you said, there was the sense of urgency uh, that wasn't there for the first 30 minutes, basically. And they kind of realized that if they keep playing like this, their season's done. And they've said multiple times that they are very aware of the fact that they're on the bubble. So um, they finally answered the bell, Trace Jackson Davis, with 19 second-half points. Uh, he – it was kind of a legacy game for him. Uh, he's already established himself as uh, one of the best all-time, really, for the Hoosiers. And this is kind of one of those legacy performances. It's Indiana has had awful luck in the Big Ten tournament, and this is probably their biggest win ever in it and that it was led by trace jackson davis and just an insane second half comeback was honestly miraculous it was it was incredible to watch uh, let's go back to the beginning of the game for a minute here jacob as we start to kind of walk through this thing as michigan jumped out to an early lead you say indiana and you're right didn't come out to play there with any sort of urgency to start off but at the same time, a big story of that first half was the fouls. We saw Woodson get himself a tactical before the first half even finished up complaining about fouls. There was a lot of just commotion in an Indiana-centric crowd about how big the discrepancy was in fouls between Michigan and IU. I mean, when you talk about Indiana just not being able to find its groove, how much do you feel like that impacted things as things started off? Because there was foul trouble basically throughout. I mean, we'll talk about in a minute how Indiana did a pretty good job managing it later, but at the beginning of the game, especially, it seemed like that was something where when the Hoosiers maybe were trying to get a punch back or two, there would just seem to be always a foul on the other end waiting to get Michigan another step further away. More than anything, that's been a frustrating characteristic of this IU team all season is that they foul too much. Um, they typically lose the free throw battle in a lot of those games, just the amount of times that they foul. And it's always... I mean, Xavier Johnson seems to be the one that it happens to most often. Just his play style is so aggressive that um, he can pick up a couple that ticky-tack fouls is what they seem like, but he does it so often that um, you know he, he kind of knows better. But I, I didn't really care much about the complaints about the fouls in that first half because IU just wasn't doing anything else. It, it felt like an easy excuse for uh, – an IU team that wasn't really attacking the paint like Michigan was. Michigan had, uh, I think it was 22 to 14 in the first half, just on points in the paint. Um, they were the more aggressive team in that regard. And when you attack the paint like that, um, just by nature, you're going to draw foul calls. And the Hoosiers weren't doing that. They were a mess offensively. They didn't seem to have any kind of, organization um i mean xavier johnson getting in foul trouble he was one of the only guys that came out with energy and then immediately got into foul trouble and mike woodson is 
you get two fouls in the first half, you're done. You're sitting. There has been no exceptions this season. So uh, Xavier Johnson went to the bench, and that hurt. And IU just looked lost for most of that first half. Um, the fouls did pile up, and it was frustrating. It, it maybe is a little more frustrating in hindsight since we won the game. But, I mean, in the moment, it just felt like one of many things that were going wrong for the Hoosiers. Well, March Madness is here, which means it's almost time to start filling out brackets. And if you're one of the people who actually puts together the big pool, you could be wasting your time by not using runyourpool.com. We've gone over and looked at all the different ways to do this bracket thing. And Run Your Pool is just quite simply the best. They've got not only an easy way for you to just organize your normal bracket pool, but if you're looking to switch it up a little bit or do a little bit more than just the normal thing this year, they've got eliminator style games. They've got survival kind of games. It's all sorts of ways for you to play bracket busting kind of games with your friends, with your coworkers, or anybody really at runyourpool.com. If you're someone, again, just trying to do it for the family, it's nice and simple and easy. If you're trying to get the coworkers involved, you can send it all out to everybody at once. Or if you're running a business, you can get customers involved and get new customers out there too. It's runyourpool.com. Putting out to bracket challenge is one of the best ways to get your name out there if you want to, or to just have fun with friends and family, of course, too. And if you want to play with us too for a shot at a cash prize, you can join our game at runyourpool.com slash locked on. While you're there, you can create your own pool for your friends and family. If you do use the product, enter pure madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Well, football season might be over, but basketball, of course, is in full steam, as we know, for both pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, props, and anything else that you could possibly want to bet on, head on over to Bet Online. If you hear a line on a show on a Locked On podcast, it's from Bet Online. If you want to play along with the stuff we talk about here, go over to Bet Online. You can get it done there, no problem. And of course, with all the sort of convenience that you won't be able to find anywhere else. The new website they have just looks good. If you've been betting for on sports for a while, the websites don't always look great. And if you head over to Bet Online, you can, of course, as always, bet on anything you like, but also get the information that you need to make the right bets and make sure that you're putting your money where the smart money is going to. So head on over to Bet Online right now and learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, a quick reminder before we get back into things with Jacob, thanks for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen of the day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL corner Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to you live to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and, of course, available wherever you get your podcasts. And you mentioned that was my biggest note from the first half really was that it, while the fouls were coming for Michigan, they were attacking and attacking heavy inside. What do you feel like was the biggest difference? I mean, what was the adjustment that was made that I mean, Michigan tried to keep doing the same in the second half and it just wasn't working and it allowed IU to obviously make the comeback. What was the defensive adjustment there? Because it just seemed like Michigan was going to be able to do that all 40 minutes it seems like a cop-out effort is a big thing more than anything yeah. else is just um, effort can help cover up a lot of mistakes. And 
Um, IU isn't a, I mean, defense has been their calling card all season long. And uh, that's what made that first half so out of the norm. So um, part of it was just guys on the perimeter, just containing drives. Um, usually Trace is back there to defend the rim, but when you have someone like Hunter Dickinson in the post, you can't leave him alone. So Trace wasn't there as much to defend the rim. And um, so a lot of Michigan's drives to the rim ended with layups because there wasn't anybody there to deter them. Mike Woodson, uh, he'll, he never really says what happens in the locker room, but he was certain to say, he yelled at them quite a bit at halftime in the locker room uh, to let them know that that was entirely unacceptable. He specifically said he also got on to Trace Jackson Davis to let him know that that first half was unacceptable. Um, so I, I think just a, an overall just sense of urgency and effort. Um, IU didn't play perfect in the second half, especially um, offensively, but when you're trying which they weren't doing for much of that first half it overcomes some of those mistakes and um, I think they did get Michigan sped up a little bit um, they did uh, Michigan had almost I think as many turnovers as field goals they had 10 turnovers and eight field goals in the second half so they got Michigan sped up a little bit forced some turnovers and then once that momentum starts um, it everything just seems to snowball good and bad well, IU obviously gets a big win and moves on in the next round of the Big Ten tournament to play tomorrow. That more, more on that in a minute. But we have to, of course, talk about what this means for the NCAA tournament, Jacob. The reason why the desperation was there was because if you don't win this game, then your last three losses are last three games or losses to other bubble team Rutgers, rival Purdue, and then other bubble team in Michigan, too. That does not look good going into a selection Sunday, even if the projections did have IU still sitting right there on the edge. It felt like with everybody in the stadium, like this was the must win. We established it was a must win before when we had you on the show earlier this week. But now the win has already come there. And we've had a team like an Xavier yesterday lose also in the Big East tournament. So as things start to shift a little bit, how are you feeling right now as far as making that field of 68 after getting this win? And, and also not to be, I guess, overlooked, getting it in this way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I in general, wins um, against bubble teams seem to carry more weight this week. And doing it the way Indiana did it, there's no way anybody is going to miss that one. Um, everybody saw how Indiana won that game. I The way things shook out, as you mentioned, Xavier losing, Wake Forest losing. Um, but even before tip-off, I felt that if Indiana won, they were in the tournament, uh, which is why <laughs> I think that was a general consensus for IU fans. Uh, if they win, they're in, which is why that first half was so maddening. But I do think Indiana is in the tournament at this point. Um, they're gonna, still going to have to sweat it out. Obviously, a win over Illinois seals it entirely. But even with today's result, um, I do think Indiana is in. But it's still, I mean, there's still some debate. Joe Lenardi. Uh, right before we started recording, released his latest update, and IU is the last team in the tournament. So you're looking at it's still going to be close, but uh, I do think Indiana is probably in as we speak. 
Well, let's look ahead then in or not as far as the Hoosiers go. They still got to play against Illinois here tomorrow now. And you mentioned some of the struggles with trying to defend a guy like Hunter Dickinson. Well, it doesn't get any any easier with Kofi Coburn down there for the Illini. A top seed in the Big Ten tournament, it doesn't really need any more explanation than that. This team's tough. How does Indiana compete? It's a great question because last time we played Illinois, second half, they ran the Hoosiers off the floor in Assembly Hall. Um, in that game, Kofi Coburn had his way. Uh, that was one of the poorer showings of the Hoosiers in that second half. Uh, they were in the game for a lot of the first half. And then just in general, Illinois played really well in the second half. They shot the ball. Well, they moved the ball. Well, um, but a lot of it started with, I'm not shockingly Kofi Coburn, just the Hoosiers not really being able to contain him. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, Trace has to avoid foul trouble, which has been a problem at times. Uh, he got into a bit of foul trouble in that one. Um, Indiana, they don't have a ton of size. Trace is a good rim protector, but they just don't have anybody kind of, I mean, nobody in the country has anybody as big as Kofi, but they don't have anybody that can kind of match up with him really in any way. So uh, at least physically. So um it's going to be a really tough test uh, that that Illinois team is really, really good. Um, and I think everything, if the Hoosiers are going to win is going to center around containing Kofi and making sure that um, they can stop him. Uh, we'll see. They shot the ball really well against the Hoosiers from outside in assembly hall, um, probably better than they've shot uh, in most games this season, but um, if they're going to knock down shots like they did against IU in that game, there probably isn't much of an answer. But if Indiana plays with that level of urgency uh, and desperation that they had in that second half, they start the game with that. Um, I, I like their chances because Illinois is also coming in cold, whereas the Hoosiers obviously had today's game, got things rolling there. So I think Indiana could come out fast and kind of deliver the first punch we could be in for a game but they start out slow like they did against Michigan then I would I don't think it is remotely possible that they uh, have a comeback like they did but again I didn't think it was remotely possible today and they showed me wrong so well Jacob Root of Locked on Hoosiers he says the Hoosiers are in with that win but of course it, it's still close and a lot of Indiana fans would love to get that wiggle room of knocking off Illinois, the top seed in the Big Ten tomorrow as well. Again, Jacob will have all of the coverage on whatever ends up happening with the Hoosiers on Locked On Hoosiers Monday through Friday. And we'll, again, talk to him soon here as well, because whether Indiana gets in or not, I'm sure we're going to want to hear the takes that Jacob has on it here on the show again. Thanks again for coming on for a couple more minutes here, Jacob, after a big, big IU win. And, of course, rest of the luck, best of luck, rest of the weekend here in Indy. Thank you, because we very well might need it. And on Selection Sunday. All right. Awesome. Once again, thank you for mm -hmm. talking.